So we're going to head over to our preach, and um, Walter is going to be leading us in this, and um, it's really good to have Walter with us to be able to encourage us in this season, and uh, we've come to the end of our Proverbs series, and we've got a very short series on the church, and I'll let him do the introduction on that, but just to say, Walter, we are so pleased to have you as one of the elders at Life Church. It's wonderful to see the way that you connect with God and that uh, contagious um, um, thing that you have where everybody wants to follow suit and follow you that in that. So um, we're going to hand over to Vato, who's going to lead us through uh, a new series on church. Good morning, Life Church. Welcome to the new season at Life Church. It's the new season, but not as we know it. It's all rather different, isn't it? But we're going to plunge straight in with two weeks about what is the church today. And when you will take a tour throughout history, churches look vastly different. It's taken all sorts of different shapes and sizes. Now, for some people, church is all about buildings. It looks magnificent. For other people, they would say, no, the church is the people. It's maybe small, but it's about gatherings, about communities. For other people, church is more a big experience. You go to a big worship set and hear an inspiring message and feel like you're part of something bigger. But whether you like informal church, whether you like big church, whether you like small church, whether you like buildings or people, something has hit all of us in this season, and that's COVID-19. Suddenly in this season, the church has been pushed online. Now, what does it mean to be a church in a pandemic, in an online connected world? It's all so different. All of a sudden, we can go to any church in the world, wherever we want to, with just a click of a button. We don't have to queue up for a parking spot. We just take our seat in the congregation. There's no one to strike up a chat or who asked, where were you last week? It's very, very different. And in this season, we may start to ask ourselves, what does it still mean to be the church? What does it mean to be the church in our day today? Now, when we look at what is the church, we could come up with all sorts of definitions and ideas, but the reality is that we don't make up what the church is. The church was founded by Jesus. It says in Matthew 16, verse 18, that Jesus says to Peter, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You see, it's Jesus who defines what is the church. So when we want to know what is the church, we go to what he has to say about it. And when we read about the church in the Bible, we can see that we read about lots of principles, but not as much details. Why would that be? Well, I think it's because Jesus wants us to keep the main things, the main things, and gives us freedom and creativity to make it look different wherever we go. But what are the essentials about church? What is church today? That's what we're going to be looking at. Now, when we read about the church in the Bible, we can see in the Gospels that Jesus lays down the blueprint for it. We can read in Acts the history of the church. When we read through letters, we can see the specific issues that were addressed for the church in that season. And when we read in Revelation, we can see the final result, what it's going to look like. And that's where we're going to be starting today, the very end result at Revelation. Come with me. When we skip to the end of the Bible, we can see a wonderful picture that the church is like the bride of Christ. We can read in Revelation 21 verse 2. We can see that this wonderful bride is being presented to Jesus. And what we can see in Ephesians 5 verse 27 
is that Jesus is working through to present to himself a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This bride is perfect. She's beautiful and she is amazing. And the picture in Revelation that's been uh, painted is that when we stand before God's throne, there will be a vast crowd of all different tribes and tongues and nations and languages. And together they will form the bride queen of Christ and they will sit down together with him and reign in heaven. It will be magnificent. Now, when you look at the church, you might think, well, I can't quite see that yet. She's not perfect, definitely not. Even this week I had some conversations with people that were just disappointed with the church. And, and I understand Jesus is still in the process of helping her to present herself beautiful and perfect. She's not perfect yet, but Jesus is in the process of doing so. But Jesus is not worried about that. He knows that a bit of mess is gonna be part of the journey. And we'll get back to that later on. Now, when Jesus talks about the church, he uses three different pictures in the New Testament that we're going to be looking at. So the first image that Jesus uses is that of a vine. He talks about this in John 15. He says that he's the vine and that we are the branches. And it says in John 15, verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, being part of a church, first of all, means being fully connected to Jesus. He is the vine, we are the branches. And if we remain in him, we will receive the life that he has for us. Now, the church is a wonderful place to be. It's got fantastic mission, things to do. It's got a great community, things to be part of. But if we just go to church and we show up, take part of a service and meet a few people, we haven't fully experienced what church really is all about. You see, it starts in the personal space. It starts with us and Jesus. Just leave the rest aside for a moment, says Jesus. Remain in me. Be with me. That's where the lifeblood of Jesus' new life starts to pump and flow through our lives. And as we start to experience that, we're changed. We are invited into the grace of God. And when all of us are living and pumping with this love that Jesus has for us, when we come together, that's when the church is alive and flourishing and blossoming. Now in this season, we have a fantastic opportunity. So many things have been canceled. We have so many less social activities than we've had before. So much more free time. Yeah, we're a bit zoomed out sometimes, but the reality is that we can spend time with Jesus much more often than we could before. Now let me ask you, are you making the most of this season to really press into your personal relationship with Jesus? He loves spending time with you. He wants to be with you every day. Your church, your friends, your family need you to live in that active relationship with Jesus to really experience what the church is all about. And that's what Jesus desires to do most. Now, the second picture that Jesus uses is that of a temple. It talks about this in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Now in Jesus' day, when people went to the temple, they went to meet with God. And it was a gigantic, beautiful building. It was magnificent. It had been building for many, many decades. Now there were all sorts of sections in the temple. First of all, there was the outer court. That was for the Gentiles, those who were not Jews. They could come there. Um, when you come a bit closer, there was a court for the women. And then a little bit closer still, a court for the men. 
and then a little bit closer still space for the priests and then right at the center of the temple in the heart and um, covered off by a big great curtain there was the holy of holies and that's where one priest once a year could come to make atonement for the people to make a sacrifice and that's where god chose to dwell now this was such a holy place that anyone who would enter without the the time of the year or being the priest they would die so powerful and intense was the presence of god now what happened when jesus came he started to talk about the temple and uh, he said break the temple down and i will rebuild it in three days now no one understood what he'd said it taken decades to build the the temple but what jesus meant was that he was going to be the temple and when he died on the cross he gave his life for all of us and what happened on the day when he gave his life for all of us that curtain that hang to cover off the holy of holies from the rest of the world was torn into from top to bottom and everyone could come into the presence of god freely it was very very radical now what happens now is that scripture talks to us about the fact that we have become the living temples of God. That is where God decides to dwell with his presence and his power. Every day you get to live in the power and the presence of God that only a priest once a year could vaguely experience. Now the love of God is freely available for everyone and God dwells in your heart and we are like living stones. Everywhere you go, we take the temple, God's presence to people. When you meet with your neighbor, they get to meet the power and the presence of God. When you meet your family members, they can meet the presence of God. When you meet your work colleagues, they can meet the presence of God. It goes with you everywhere you go. And what happens when all of us are living with the presence of God like that? We come together as a church. Oh my days, it's like fireworks. Is when all of us come together, the presence of God loves to dwell in us. And when we gather together, he loves to dwell with us in this season. Now, it may look a little bit different on Zoom these days. It may feel weird to do life group when you're chatting through a screen. But my friends, the presence of God is with you. And when we connect together, even through the online world, God's presence is still with us. That's where he chooses to dwell. We don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to go to a building. It was never about buildings. But the presence of God lives inside you and me. Now, we've seen that a experience of being part of church needs a personal relationship with Jesus. However, the reverse is true also. If we want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, we must also have a local church to be part of. And to be part of the, the church, the body of the church, is the third image that the Bible mentions. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now when we use the word church, and is mentioned in the New Testament, it uses the word ecclesia. It's, it means being called out and being together, together. Now, this is true for three different levels, really. First of all, we looked at the final revelation picture, the church being the bride of Christ. Now, this is true for the church, for everyone who's ever lived who's decided to follow Jesus. That is what the universal church means. Uh, we can also see that it's part of the global church. So everyone who's currently living today around the world who's following Jesus is part of the global church. 
But the third expression is used for the local church. You see, we can't really experience what it's like to be part of the universal church or the global church without being part of a local church. And let me explain how that works. You see, I love playing badminton. I love the game. I've been playing it since I was a kid. And I've been part of many different badminton clubs throughout the years. I've seen different places and they're all different and wonderful, different people. Now, the reality is that I've tasted a little bit of that everywhere I went. But if I just nipped in to any club at any time, but never had been part of one local club, I would have never experienced what it was like to play badminton in a club. You see, for me to turn up every week, to chat with my friends, to play with them, to bear with them on a tough day or celebrate with them on a good day is what uh, badminton is all about. It's much more than just a game. It's a community to be part of, something we do together. And for me to experience what it's like, I need to invest myself in a local place to be able to really experience that. I can't say I love badminton clubs without having experience being part of one. Now, another example could be Costa Coffee. I love coffee and I love going to my local coffee shop, which used to be Costa Coffee. Now I would go there, it's like they call my third place. Uh, outside of work or outside the home, you go to a third place just to relax, drink a cup of coffee, but it's so much more than just coffee. You meet people that are regulars and kind of wave to them, say hello, the staff knows your name, what your regular is, and you come there and you experience what it's like. Now, we've currently moved house. My local coffee shop is no longer Costa. And in this pandemic, we can hardly go to places like that anymore. Now, I can get a cup of coffee by going through a drive-thru and get a Costa Express. But the truth is, it's not the same. I, I, I don't, I mean, I get a coffee, but I don't experience what it's like to be in a local place. I wouldn't get the full vision of Costa if I was just drinking a cup of coffee out of a paper cup from an express machine. That's not what their vision is. The third place is the vision. Now, when we talk about church, the same is true. We can't know what it's like to be part of the whole church or experience the beauty of being part of a whole church without being part of a local church. And the local church is where we will learn all the lessons that Jesus has for us. And the local church is the place where we get to share our lives with others in real life. And this is the beauty of the church. And this is true for every Christian. There's no such thing as an unchurched Christian. Now you might say, but the local church is so messy. I know it is messy, but that's how Jesus designed it. He didn't design it perfect. And then when we come in a place and we meet that people are not perfect, we'll be disappointed. He already told us that it's not gonna be perfect and that he uses that for our good. Now, this is just absolutely mind blowing. The picture that's been pointed in 1 Corinthians 12 talks about being part of a body, means being part of a whole, and that each one has a part to play. Now, some are strong, others are weak. Some are visible, others are not. Some are called to lead, others are called to follow. Some are called to, to make a big impact, others are called to just be. I think all of these things work together. And what happens when we all work together, we learn from one another. You see, we would never learn what it'd be like to forgive others if we wouldn't also have people that sometimes would hurt us. And when we have hurting people around us, we start to learn how to care for them like Jesus gave himself. And what he is doing in this process is he's smoothing out the wrinkles. 
Now, what happens in an online world when we all feel a bit zoomed out, when we struggle to go and make a life group uh, Zoom call or perhaps go on a Sunday morning, we get to learn to bear with one another and make sacrifices. And what he's doing is he's smoothing out the wrinkles of selfishness in our lives. He's smoothing out the wrinkles of unforgiveness in our lives or other distractions. And he's helping us to become that radiant, beautiful church. And this is what church is all about. This is the beauty of being given to one another, being called out and being part of a whole, playing your part. So let me ask you, are you making the most of being committed to a local church? Yes, I know you could visit a million churches by just a click of a button, but it's not just about a worship service. It's not just about an inspiring message. It's about a community, a body that works together to help you to become what Jesus has in mind. So where does that leave us? What is the church we started with? Well, the church is so much more than just a building, a small gathering, a service, whether it's in person or online. The church is the beautiful bride of Christ that he's working to put together blameless and spotless for that final day. And you and I get to be part of that. Now, we get to be in personal relationship with Jesus to first experience that love ourselves. There is so much more for us. And in this pandemic season, I want to encourage you, press in, spend time with Jesus. He wants to meet you where you are. Whether the church is meeting online or not, that doesn't matter. You're not dependent on that. Jesus is there for you every single day and he wants to spend time with you and he loves to be with you. So press in. Um, the presence of God dwells in us wherever we go. My friends, because the church is not meeting in person doesn't mean God's power has left the building. God is still there. It was never about a building. God's presence lives and dwells with you wherever you go. As you go into your workplace on Monday morning, as you meet friends, as you talk to people on Zoom, he is with you. He is with you right now in your living room. The power of God is dwelling in you. That same power that was in the holies of holies that no one could come near, that power has been given and dwells in you. What an extraordinary thing. My friends, there is much more power for us today. Acts talks about the, the, the healing of the sick and demons being driven out, even the dead being raised because the power of God dwells in us. My friends, there is more. Let's press in and ask God to demonstrate more of his power today. And finally, we are still the body of Christ. Whether we get to meet in person or meet online, it doesn't matter. We are still the body. And being part of a local church still matters. We cannot be part of just any service or just flick through a few services online if we want to. It's not the same. Jesus placed us in a body to care for one another, to deeply know one another, to bear with one another, and to care for one another. Now, next week, we're going to be looking at what does it mean to be part of a local church in this season? What does it mean to play my part? And we will get back to all of this. I hope you will join me for that. In the meantime, I'm going to pray that God will come and fill us with his fresh revelation of the beauty of the church and the privilege of our relationship with him in this season. Jesus, I thank you that you are with us, that you know us and that you have not left us. Thank you that you have a wonderful plan for your church. And thank you that we get to be part of that. We pray, Lord, that you will come and move powerfully in our personal times with you, that you'll come and remind us of the power that dwells within us and the real privilege of what it means to be part of a whole, part of a body. We pray that you will come and encourage us today, 
and we lift our eyes to you and say, Jesus, will you come and make us into this beautiful bride, the church, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Brilliant, Pastor. That was very, very encouraging. So timely, especially with us um, signing up for life groups this morning. And um, I think the takeaway this morning for us is God's been speaking. We said this morning in our prayer meeting, we said, we're just going to listen to what God has to say. And I think he's saying to us, come meet with me. There's a real encouragement there to dig into what God has for us, but then also to gather together. Um, as a community, as a church, as a local church in Peterborough. Um, so going forward, this morning let me encourage you, let's, let's dig deeper. Let's keep digging into, into God and what he has for us and then come together and be able to share those wonderful things that he's always speaking to us and be able to share that together. Have a great week, everybody. See you soon.